Uh, so, I was talking about this in the, the last one, about this technique, which is about creating continuity in a line <clears throat> or a brush stroke and so that your your flow your thinking is uninterrupted um, and how effective that that is how simple that is but how effective that is and so what that is doing is that it is putting roadblocks to uh, your the way your brain can work in an in an analytical sense comparing and contrasting categorizing um, judging evaluating rather what you're you're doing with this process is is coming across a roadblock which is to do which is where our brains go which what our brain is what our brains do because of our conditioning our social our socialization um what it is to be a member of society what it is to work it's what it is to evaluate choices you are sidestepping that so you can your your brain your thinking goes to down that line of weighing up something is this good is this bad is this healthy is this unhealthy is this going to kill me or not going to kill me you set up a roadblock to that in your brain by keeping this flowing the line that you're making on the flat surface with the paint that you've got you know that is just jumped you've just chosen the color you want you're not over-evaluating or thinking about that. It's just a, a gut reaction, of a, a, a res, a, an instinctive response to, um, mm, I like that color, I'll use that color. Everything is operating on this sort of level. So what happens is that when your brain is going down this path of judging, you have to, the synapses have to find another way which is maybe these are roads that have been shut off for a while due to snow <laughs> and haven't been open up like mountain routes. I'm thinking of this car journey I did in LA out in the mountains. And, and then, you know, so you take the barricades down of this slightly disused road and you're going to travel on this and wake this road up again. And what is this place? This is, pl this is a place of pre-language of pre-socialization, this is the state of the baby, and which is something I've been really aware of. I've been really watching babies, not in a sort of maternal sense. I mean, it's a loving observation, but it's not um, a desire to nurture and mother this baby. I'm just, I'm looking at the baby as a, a person that has just come out of a cocoon. Mm, thinking of the parallels here right now. So that's happening to me right now. Anyway, they've just come out of this cocoon and now they're out in the world. And it is pre-language. 
And I'm looking at this baby in coffee shops or whether it's just arrived in a pram next to me on a bench, of course with adults present, <laughs> with the people who've made this baby. Um, but I'm just looking at this baby and I'm thinking, what's going on in there? What is that like to have had no language to be in this cocoon and to come out into this material world of of all sorts of all sorts of materials of textures of um, different thicknesses and densities and and you can see and I'm thinking of this baby in this coffee shop um, where I think the mother and I think their mother her mother the mother and her mother were at the table chattering away and this baby was just doing its own thing, which babies do, actually, when you look, when you watch, they are doing things that we don't even see. They're, they're really invisible for the most part because well, obviously the mom needs the chat. She's been looking after, she's with her mom. She just needs to chat. I'm not saying we've all got to <laughs> get back to this state or there's anything wrong with this, but it is fascinating, anything wrong with this scenario at all, but it is fascinating to observe. And I think that I can only, I'm doing that more because of having gone into this world of abstraction. And that is what has happened to me from um, that point I was talking about where I was, uh, you know, in this apartment and I was, my former bedroom had become a painting studio and um, and I was sleeping on the sofa and because I just wanted the space. Anyway, I was doing, um, I was doing people were coming out of what I, of this process. I was doing um, creatures that were sort of, it was an animal, but it doesn't look like any animal that you've seen before. And making, I was making all sorts of stuff. A lot of, uh, like, like lots of little stick figures I was making. The idea that these, these tiny and they were far away and all sorts of things were coming out. Um, and I did that for a long time. I, I did it in books. And my jump from that cocoon of this painting studio and from this desire to do everything from my imagination, um, I did need, I found myself, myself needing external stimulation. And it did make a jump after a while into actually drawing other people in restaurants. And I've been doing that for years, practically, almost on a daily basis. I mean, I've got so much of um, just enjoying being around people because I'm drawing them without them knowing, you know, not having someone sit for me, um, but just sort of like taking, you know, photographs of them in a way without them knowing. Not that I was doing that, I was drawing them, which sort of makes it okay, isn't it, in a way? Because they were only a starting point. I didn't, I did never said to myself, I need to get a likeness of you. What I said to myself was, as I was doing a line of their silhouette, of their profile, you know, and filling it in, because that's the technique I'd been using. I was now just taking them as a starting point. Instead of imagining it, I was looking at it. 
so and I can remember um, a brother and sister in a burger restaurant I remember doing that and I was using wax crayons at that time I was starting to use other materials and and I just got an overall sense of they had very long faces and long noses and just how interesting that was how beautiful that was this is jumping forward um, many years I found myself coming to a point I don't know how long it took me maybe a year a couple, I don't know I found myself creating a person, creating an alien, creating half people, half animals, it all was merging, creating landscapes, how, you know, with, I mentioned this before, with horizontals and verticals, quickly becomes a landscape. It can be, it's a choice. It seems like these are forks in the road. What occurred to me that there was another choice, that it couldn't be as binary as that nature landscape or creature was it really as simple as that fork in the road wasn't there something else and this is what got me thinking about something beyond what we know what is familiar to us and what is that because I was now getting used to the idea of um, and this is a jump ahead, getting used to the idea of some people were getting to see what I was doing, and some people were actually around while I was doing it, <laughs> making these marks. And I remember that, wanting that to happen at some point, needing that to happen. But that has to be a way off. That's a very, I don't think you want to accelerate that too much um, because of everything that I've talked about because of not analyzing, of allowing, of not blocking on a natural flow and a natural development within yourself, which you can see, um, which is an interesting idea for, of, of an unsocialized baby growing up without the strictures of conformity, education, all of those things. And it's why so many artists, I think, when, when they've experienced technical accomplishment, and this can be because they can have gone through those stages, I don't think you have to, not anymore. There, I mean, there isn't that pressure to it, I don't, don't think you ever had to. But why they go back to that state of innocence, like the cave paintings, like children's drawings, which has all of those ramifications of my kid could paint that. You know, well, yes, but can an adult do it? <laughs> can an adult paint like that? That's what's interesting, actually, is, is that sense of coming home. That is very interesting, and it's why I had a sense of grief about my dislocation or my separation from impulses that I do think are natural. I do think we all draw. Um, I think we're all able to do it. It depends if you want to. It depends how far you want to go. It depends how, what, if it interests you. Um, it's this idea of countering what is over-specialization. And I think that was happening anyway. 
in in human societies at the, at the beginnings. I think there were people who were specialists. I think they were the shamans. They had that role. They had a access to religion. I mean, they had the leisure to do that. That was their job. They found that role in, in, their, in their cultures and their societies naturally. It's just when that becomes too exaggerated, when the gap is too great between people who's, who feel that they can't do that because that's not their function in society. They, and they want to. This is what the purpose of all of this talking is, because that's how I felt. I, I wanted to be able to. I loved it. I loved it. just art, being an artist. Just always loved that idea. Always just fascinated. Um, but I felt the doors were shut. So the idea is to open those doors. To open those doors. Anyway, so that's talking about the childlike state. That's when that baby with its mother and its grandmother in the coffee shop has to stop experimenting because what that baby was doing was experimenting. While its mother and grandmother were, were chattering away, it was really busy. <laughs> and I could see it was really busy because it was doing things that I do in what you could term an abstract world, for want of a better way of talking about it. And another way of talking about it is doing what it's not. It's what it's not. That's what abstract abstraction or abstract art is. It's what it's not. That's how it evolved. And what it I didn't want it to be when I was painting and drawing is I didn't want what I was making from my imagination with this free fall, free flowing um, approach that I, that I had to painting that I, that it wouldn't be a per, it would, this line would not become a person. It would not be an animal. It would not be a landscape. What could you do that wasn't that? And then started this whole struggle and exploration to try and interrupt a viewer or my or the maker from inferring a familiar object with that and i think that's what a lot of it is about um what about what is it um what a lot of art contemporary art is about that seems mystifying or um, unex inexplicable or artificially explained and, and project, you know, it's how can this be all of those things? I'm reading this text next to this painting in, a, in an art gallery and how can that possibly be? It's, no, it's, it's just that. I mean, it can't be all of those things. But um, not not everybody's not all artists are thinking like this, but I think there's there's a large part of um, thinking about art that is not obviously representational, that is looking for something else for another language. It can be, and the, and artists have their own reasons. But for me, at this point, it was to try and go into a world that was not familiar that had nothing, uh, had no anchor to it 
of familiarity, once again, like being out in space, where you've, you're just surrounded by planets and no human life. It's the, it's the search, it's the longing. It's where did that baby come from? And what was that baby doing in the coffee shop? It was what, doing what a lot of present day or artists that, well, any artist really, it was, it was, it had a rattle in one hand and it had a spoon in the other hand. So that's where it, that, those were two objects. And it had a rail next to where it was sitting. So it tried with the rattle to make a noise and it, it made a noise with the rail, the metal on plastic, and then it had metal on metal from the spoon. And then this rattle had a large hole in it and it put the spoon through the hole. <laughs> so what is the point of doing all of this? Why would the baby be doing all of this? Well, it's, I think it's because it's very, very enjoyable to do that. It's the body moving in space. Why is that enjoyable? It's also investigating where there's resistance. It's, forget, it's investigating sound of different materials. If you put two, if you knock two, two different materials together, what are the sound? It's, it's, it's investigating density. It's investigating some, what goes through, what comes out on the other side, where, what you can see when the spoon goes through the rattle, what you can see on the other side. It's physics, it's a mechanics and physics. It's, it's really just investigating how you can mold and shape the world, what won't be molded immediately, what will be molded. And why, so why, why would just the act of doing that be pleasant with no particular product? You know, you're not, the, the, that baby isn't making anything useful. It's not making a piece of technology. Um, it's experimenting in a very basic way that isn't really going to, it's not making a car that's gonna get you from A to B. But I think those, it is experimenting in a way that is pleasurable to the human body because I think that's what we do when we dance. When we, when we move around in space, I think it's pleasurable to us. Dancing is moving to a rhythm, but it is, you know, the, when we move our arms up in the air and I think we're describing shapes and there's, there's, there's more to it than just, <laughs> just dancing. Why, why do we dance in certain shapes? Why do we move our arms in certain ways? Um, and that's making me think of my autistic sister who does all sorts of unusual things with her body and what I think is going on with that. But um, I'm gonna, I'll talk about that as well. I'm just gonna write that down. So this baby um, is experimenting. And I think that that's what I'm doing too when I'm experimenting with paint. Um, I squeeze some paint out onto the paper. This is what I love doing. Um, and they're very separate and it's, oh, it's a beautiful thing when you squeeze paint out. You know, like squeezing toothpaste out. 
and the whole way it just comes out and it's got the sort of the shape <laughs> anyway you can you can go on and on about that um you know i was thinking of the shape of the ap aperture the the opening that it's coming out of and then it spreads out and ah oh, it's just yummy it's like we just do that as human beings so when we're in the bath as kids and we watch the water go down we just i think we're mesmerized or just the snow this morning on the on the garden and i was knocking some of the snow off and I thought this is interesting the way it showers and it's wet and it's solid at the same time um so but the journey into abstraction how, how has that happened it has happened from what it's not it's not an animal it's not a landscape and it's trying to, what I'm trying to do is interrupt you, give you at least familiar information in what I'm making for you to infer something from. To, it's a way, um, which I just think about, is a way of engaging you. It's trying to pull you in so that we have a connection, just through my painting. Not me talking, but just a painting on a wall of mine that you come in to some space and you see it and you engage with it because... I just feel like I've communicated with you, I've engaged with you. And by doing that, I'm asking you to make something up, to use your imagination to make something up too about what this is. Um, and if I can make it as least familiar or as least obvious or whatever, it's like a parado pareidolia, which I talk about a lot. These lines in uh, these these accidental cracks and imperfections in a in a in a ceiling or in a, a pavement or these these patterns that seem abstract, but in a curtain or wallpaper or in the duvet cover, whatever it is, or a pillow that you infer, or the moon, or the clouds, um, that you infer, or a piece of wood, not in a wood, that you infer a face um, f from, infer a face into, whatever, you know what I mean. Um, so that, uh, so it engages your imagination. Um, I actually have, this has just been happening unconsciously I found myself, uh, when I'm having a bath, I have this candle, which has got some cracked, you, do you know those, you get them from these shops, where they've got these these cracked shells, and it's nice textures, and they've fallen to the, they've poured the wax, and making the candle, that's the base, and they've poured the wax over, and then as the candle burns, you get these, you can see them illuminated. Um, anyway, the, the bottom of this particular candle, which is a large one, there is, it's like a panorama of a forest, and I light it up. It's a really intriguing, deep forest. And when you light the candle, which has gone quite deep now, you there are these points of light coming through in these trees, which are, are actually shells, they're, they're dark, murky bits of seaweed, I think actually, and some, some shells. And I, I'm looking into this forest and um, I'm imagining anything in there, imagining myself going in there uh, and finding houses and people or maybe like a settlement or a hermit or an animals and it's a whole adventure in there.
and it shifts and changes. It doesn't have to stay one thing. Imagination is amazing. It's it's wonderful. But it's also a journey. Uh, I think the the adventure of the imagination. There is something of a search, a longing, an investigation, a discovery, research into what lies behind imagination. And so this idea of the, the fork and the road of when I'm doing this line, is it an animal? Is it a landscape? Is it something outside of all human reference? And when you're thinking in, and painting and, and searching and using color, paint, imagery, materials to represent, to be a language for something that we don't have, a, have words for, pre-speech, the baby in the womb coming out. That's what I think is going on when people are making things that don't look like anything that aren't immediately accessible. Maybe they're putting apparently very mundane objects together as a sculpture and it doesn't make any sense. It's when it, it, it doesn't make any sense in that way that we all understand as a society, as a civilization. That's when it's describing what we're trying to describe doesn't have sense in the human logical world. It's not about that. And in talking to you like this, I'm trying to describe how that comes about as an evolution through a system, because what I've been doing when I started is like a microcosm of what the evolution of art is, it comes through full circle, that, <laughs> that um, to make that language more accessible, more make us all more fluent in that language of, of what that is that exists beyond what the paradolio can do, which is create something familiar out of something unfamiliar. It's got more meanings than that, but what we look for, the familiar, what we look is human-centric. Well, what if it's not human-centric? What is it before we became humans, before we became matter? What does that look like? And I think that's what I'm trying to do when I'm not doing the familiar world, when I'm actively trying not to do anything familiar, to interrupt the simplicity of, well, that's a, a face, I can see that's a face, or that's an anything. It's unavoidable, because it's unavoidable to be that objective. The life of a human being is essentially subjective. It has to be. But it's a, so it's a fruitless search but it's a wonderful search, like a spacecraft going up into interstellar space. The odds of finding the answer. <laughs> but you never know, you never know, you never know. And I think that's what many artists started doing. They started moving away from the idea of just painting the sea and ships, started becoming more about light and energy and atmosphere. And you can see that as we evolve. Now we're finding out more and more and more, there's just been a, a discovery that we think that there has been, uh, there are early forms of paints and chalks have been found earlier than we, than we realized. Well, what if we keep going back and back and back and back? And those people knew all along what I'm talking about. And that in recent, in modern human history, 
those have just been interesting diversions into ideas of representation and maybe early early man was a much more abstract animal in the same way as a baby is ah okay <laughs>